the producers of the show do not accept responsibility for any spectral phenomenon that may occur in the listener's own home. Uh, actually, Beals, we're... Um, what are you doing here? We're, we're going to change up the intro for Talking Undead. Talking Undead? What? Talking Undead. It's it's when we talk about news stories. and It's just that the intro is like kind of my thing. Sometimes I'm not even in the episode, and this is just what I do. You know, we we just don't want people to get confused if they're, you know, sifting through episodes. We want to keep them distinct. Okay, you know what? I don't care. It's fine. Okay, okay. Do your okay. own. Somebody get these headphones. Somebody help him with the headphones. Jesus. Can... All the shit I do for you guys. Do your own fucking intro. See if I care. I'm gone. Sorry about that, guys. Anyway. This is Talking Undead. Like, uh, I used to get a little tripped out by how often I looked at the clock when it was 9-11. It does seem to happen a lot. Uh, right? Maybe, uh... Maybe it's... I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say. Some sort of cosmic <laughs> draw. Um, alright. How are we going to start this episode? <laughs> well, anyway, welcome to Talking Undead. <laughs> <laughs> that works (laughs) that's jackson patrick starting in and i'm jamie hamilton this is the show that we do uh in the off weeks of radio undead because it's easier and it's fun it's a good break for us and we get to read some fun news stories that i wouldn't be reading yeah because they're i don't browse strange news in my free time i really do just google weird news when we do this (laughs) I Google uh, various states with man and woman and child after it. That's what I did for our first one for the men and women of the Midwest, most of whom were not from the Midwest when you uh, look at my selections. (laughs) (laughs) I also, I try to just scroll through, I just look up like local news Kentucky and then scroll through Kentucky local news and a surprising amount is very strange. Most of it not elaborate enough to talk about at length. But <laughs> just one-liners of like, huh. Well, um, I'm psyched to talk about just weird news again because the past couple talking undeads have been um, so not like sad. deep dives, but yeah, just sad shit. It's like <laughs> they're in this weird middle ground where they're not quite deep divey enough to be a deep dive, but they're not funny. <laughs> they're, they're... I kept picking them out, thinking like, oh, we can make some good jokes about this, but like, no, we couldn't. No. No, not on the spot. No, Gypsy Rose is a very sad story. Even well, when it's, I, it's good. I was just going to ask if you wanted to start. Yeah, sure. Um, let's see. I have one that's like, uh, it's not even much of a story. Um, but I just thought there were some interesting things in it. So uh, deputies responded. This was over in Arkansas. Deputies responded to a call Friday night on Powell Ave in Cotter, if you needed to know specifically where it is, that a man was waving a firearm. Deputies found Aaron Matthew Tulos asleep or unconscious. The deputy then disarmed and arrested him. So he was charged with his 60th crime on this arrest. He had been arrested 60 times. 
This time he was charged, and this is what I think is interesting. Possession of methamphetamine with purpose possession of methamphetamine with purpose to deliver, possession of drug paraphernalia, possession of firearm, simultaneous possession of drugs and firearms, furnishing prohibited articles. I have no idea what that means. Resisting erects, proximity to certain facilities, and enhancement habitual offender, which is just because he has <laughs> committed so many fucking crimes. But they charged him. That's got to be some kind of record 60 arrests. That's what I was thinking. Um, I'm going to look up what the record is in a second. But uh, he was charged with possession of methamphetamine, possession of drug paraphernalia, possession of a firearm, and then also possession of drugs and firearms. I didn't know you could be charged with three crimes and additionally the sum of those crimes as separate charges. I just thought that was kind of interesting. How does that make any sense? Yeah, that's actually the only reason I pulled this story, because I thought that was kind of funky. That's like a sales tax on being arrested. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't really feel for the guy all too much, but yeah, I don't know. It seems like after, I guess it just becomes... It just becomes par for the course for you. But after being arrested so many times, I think you'd be a little more careful than waving a firearm around. Do you think maybe he just wants to be in jail? He's one of those guys who's more comfortable on the inside? That's totally possible. He likes the schedule, the the three square, (laughs) lifting weights in the rec yard, being surrounded by other white supremacists. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Okay, no, I just looked up the most arrested man. Uh, he's been arrested over 1,500 times. What? How do you even have the time to do that? I don't know, dude. At that point, at that point, you have to just go to a psych center of some sort. But, like, if you're doing time in jail for all these arrests, how do you have time to just be arrested over a 1,000 times? Oh, my God. I wish I'd pulled this story. <laughs> I wish I'd found this earlier. Um, A lot of folks in Lexington... <laughs> Kentucky are hoping for a Christmas miracle for the city's and perhaps the world's most arrested man to be let out of jail. Um, It's a dubious honor for sure, but Henry Earl, 64, has become a sort of celebrity, especially among students and police in the city of 300,000. (laughs) To many, the homeless gent goes by James Brown after the godfather of soul and can be found singing and shaking his moneymaker for change to buy his next drink. Shaking his moneymaker. You know what that means. Oh my god, I didn't even read that the way for what it actually meant. So he just hangs out and sings and dances and I guess continuously gets arrested for public intoxication because he's a homeless man with clearly a serious alcoholism problem. But police love this guy. Yeah, apparently. He's just, he's the lovable ne'er-do-well. <laughs> At some point, like, you'd think the city would just be like, let him have it. He's clearly not hurting anyone. We just can't spend this much time arresting this guy. Yeah, they're spending so much money. Just give give the people some kind of James Brown repellent. <laughs> well, that sounds like mace. You can't just let citizens mace the homeless. No, no that's, that'd be a terrible policy. <laughs> uh, it, would, it would probably work making <laughs> I mean, them leave, yeah. but they're... But they're human beings, and I don't know. They don't. <laughs> I take it away now. I don't think there should be a thing, such a thing as homeless repellent. <laughs> it's really problematic in a lot of ways. Now that I think about it. Yeah, incredibly, there shouldn't be anything resembling that. They're people, <laughs> down and out. 
Um, the police spokeswoman actually says uh, his it's definitely over a thousand, might be around sixteen hundred, and that it's a weekly, if not every two or three days thing. But she also said, and this I sort of understand, I guess now. He's never doing bad or illegal things purposely. He's just so highly intoxicated that he's posing a danger to himself. Hmm. Okay. So they're taking care of old James Brown. Yeah, to an extent. Pretty much. And I imagine when he gets arrested, it's like he spends a few weeks in detox and then they let him out or something like that. Because otherwise he would just die in jail. At the very least, he gets to spend like a night in a bed, I guess. It sounds like he's just living a very weird life, but it's almost... It's almost a genuine life choice at that point. Sounds very eccentric and uh, kind of like Frank from the show Shameless. Have you ever seen that? Yes. He's that guy. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna roll back and say being an alcoholic plumless person is not a choice. But <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> I think I misspoke there. Um, but that it is, he has made it into a lifestyle. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that blew up into a whole other thing, but I'm glad we, <laughs> I'm glad that little anecdote led to that story. Um, do you want to hit me with your first one? Yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, we haven't even talked about it. Notre Dame is burning. Notre Dame. Oh yeah. <laughs> Have you heard about this? <laughs> As we're recording this right now, Monday, April fifteenth. Your genuine uh, surprise there was awesome. Yeah. April 15th, Notre Dame is burning. The spire collapsed, dude. Yeah, no. What was going on there? The, uh, the, stru- the structure is intact. They think it might have been a result or a side thing of the construction, but that's uh, 900 years yeah. of history. <laughs> that's an just... old-ass building that they just set on fire. And at first, I was like, okay, they can you know rebuild it or whatever. But then I remembered it's all these like intricate statues and incredible and like artwork and just absurd yeah. amounts of whatever construction workers were on that job feel like real <laughs> real doofuses right now. Yeah, I have a feeling one of them's gonna be going someone, project manager, somebody's going to jail for a while. Somebody's going to jail for yeah, this. This is a big deal. Alright, let's let's <laughs> <laughs> let me get back to uh there's a man in Indiana who's suing his parents for destroying $29,000 worth of porn. Oh, that's a lot of porn. That's a lot of fucking porn. Wait, how did they destroy porn? I guess it was all physical. Okay. It was all magazines and DVDs. This guy hasn't gone digital yet. That's, uh... <laughs> so he's kind of like a vinyl freak, but for pornography. Exactly. Instead of an audio file, he's just a regular kind of file i guess i don't know he must have been proud of the he must have been proud of the collection a 29th yeah that's not something you like hide away a twenty nine thousand dollar porn collection is there any uh is there any writing on like whether it was that much because he collected like rare items like famous porn stars from the 70s like a still wrapped video of it or something like that? No, it just says 12 boxes of pornography and two boxes of sex toys. And you know, sex toys can be expensive. Sex toys are very expensive. Especially if you're buying the high end, which if this guy, this guy seems like he's buying the high end of everything. Dude, I'll, <laughs> reminds me of a funny little trinket from the other day, from yesterday, actually. 
Um, so I have a friend who's uh, a little older. Uh, he's like in his late thirties. He has a sixteen-year-old kid, and I was at his house the other or a few days ago or yesterday. Jesus, and uh, he's in a little feud with his sixteen-year-old. His uh, divorce and all that. His sixteen-year-old sent him a hundred fifty-dollar giant butt plug that he bought with his card <laughs> to say fuck you. <laughs> I can send you pictures. It's enormous. Oh my god. That's incredible. It's called an American bomber. 16-year-old Jamie would have been just green with envy. <laughs> Seriously. Like this dude was uh his name is Dion. He was like, I, I can't even be mad. He's paying me back, but this is the funniest thing he's ever done. <laughs> that is, that's genius. And ballsy as fuck. Yeah, seriously. I'm pretty sure if I sent my dad a giant dildo when I was 16, he he might have literally actually killed me. <laughs> Possibly. Maybe not. But it wouldn't have been good. <laughs> it definitely wouldn't have been good. Anyway. Anyway, what I was talking about. <laughs> back, oh, back to, to this Indiana guy who's suing his parents. Um, he's suing them for the value of $10,000 to $30,000 factoring in his quote-unquote emotional attachment. <laughs> he was very attached to that pornography. Well, it sounds like he's lowballing, actually. Well, the value, I guess, of all the porn was 29000 and the minimum is 10000 So, in a way, he is lowballing. Yeah. Honestly, like, I would sue, too. I also wouldn't collect pornography in any way, shape, or form, let alone $29,000 of it. But if someone just fucking destroyed it, I, I would sue. I don't know. What would you do in that situation? If somebody destroyed my $30,000 worth of pornography? Yes. <sighs> I mean, I would definitely want to sue, but the anxious side of me would not know how to phrase it. <laughs> to a lawyer <laughs> it sounds like i would have to make a lot of phone calls about my destroyed por pornography <laughs> lawyers have to deal with so much worse than people who buy a lot of porn they defend people who beheaded people and had sex with the bodies well i don't think i'm hiring that guy <laughs> <laughs> to be fair you're not hiring ted bundy's lawyer or lack thereof i guess never mind i don't think i need that <laughs> to sue i think your i need more of like a saul goodman type for this sort of case he's exactly what i had in mind that first case you see him in where he uh he's <laughs> He's defending the teens who cut off at, or who were fucking heads in a morgue. Yeah. Uh, stuck out. I was surprised by the crassness of that first episode. And that's the first five minutes about that that happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would call a uh, like a lawyer that you see in commercials because you don't need a criminal lawyer. You need a criminal lawyer. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. All right, you want to hear a really funny one? Yes. All right, the uh, the title of this article is Woman Does Karate, Son Gets Nude. So <laughs> <laughs> There's more. Wait. <laughs> Woman Does Karate, Son Gets Nude. Dog Steals Cornbread Bix from Walmart, Police Say. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so all of this happened in a Walmart. Yeah, at once, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Benny Van and Lisa Smith and their dog, Bo, went to a Walmart the other day. I, f- I forgot to write down the date that this occurred. I could check in a moment. Um, but Smith allegedly brought Bo into the store without a leash, so he easily ditched the owner and started running up to unsuspecting customers, which was probably adorable. But while Bo was doing that, Smith began tearing apart store displays and placing them in her shopping cart. And tearing them apart, I guess, meant, like, throwing them all over the place because it was enough for them to kick her out and then call the police before anything else happened. Uh, Walmart asked her to leave. Uh, I'm going to go back a little bit. They did not call the police yet. Walmart staff asked her to leave, and she complied. Police said she left the store to perform karate moves in the parking lot. I checked a couple other sources, and that was, in fact, what was happening. When she left, she just started practicing her karate, probably in preparation for what was to come. Ooh. Bo, on the other hand, <laughs> had not been brought to heel. By the time anyone found him, he was on the way out of the store with a box of Jiffy Cornbread <laughs> Jiffy cornbread muffin mix in his mouth. Jesus Christ, I had trouble saying that. Dumb dog. That's not even... That's not cooked cornbread. You can't eat that. <laughs> you can't do anything with that. Dogs are so dumb. I love them. Yeah, me too. So police arrested Smith, but it wasn't without a fight. <laughs> she kicked out a window in the patrol car before they got her into custody. Damn. Yeah, isn't that impressive? Kicking a window is impressive in any way. <laughs> but meanwhile, while they were trying to arrest her, Van took all of his clothes off and just started running around the store he just exposed himself to everyone he wasn't really doing anything else just running around showing people his dick fortunately for them kids do this guy was like 30 oh yeah oh yeah 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 okay i was envisioning like a uh like a six-year-old no no this guy is like late 20s early 30s mom in the 50s okay yeah this is like a really really strange one (laughs) just none of it makes sense fortunately for the police he tried to cover himself by putting on the clothes walmart had on the racks you know rather than his own (laughs) but he didn't try to purchase them so he got charged with attempted robbery he was doing a swap (laughs) whatever happened to bartering in this country (laughs) when when the officers approached and commanded him to end the madness, he refused, grabbed a scooter, and attempted to run them over with the scooter. They physically stopped the scooter, because it was a fucking scooter, and took him into custody. Van now faced charges for lewd and lascivious. Oh my gosh, help me. L-A-S-C-I-V-I-O-U-S. Lascivious? Oh man, it would be easier if I could see it in front of me. I don't know this word. Alright, forget it. Van faces charges for lewd and inappropriate behavior, <laughs> disorderly <laughs> conduct, and retail theft. Smith is charged with disorderly conduct, resisting arrest, and misdemeanor bail jumping. I don't know how that came about. Bo, however, was not charged, though police say they issued him a warning for the theft. The, the, dog. the dog? The dog got a warning. Is that not the most ridiculous fucking story, head to tail? It's, it's a doozy, that's for sure. What do they mean the dog got a warning? What do they mean the dog wasn't charged? <laughs> one of those things, one of those things, uh, I think police do to try to make the their work cute. Like they do a lot of terrible shit, but sometimes they do cute things like giving a dog a warning. In this case, the police did nothing wrong. No, what they did was fine. 
and they lost a car window in the process. I'm not really sure how the escalation with uh, Lisa happened. How she went from doing karate to resisting arrest. Like, I don't know why they were arresting her, which is... She was just showing showing off her moves. Yeah. And they, they thought she was being violent. Yeah, that's where I'm skeptical of, like... Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. Just how does it escalate to that? I used to have a neighbor... <laughs> I used to have a neighbor who would go out in onto his deck early in the morning, which was very visible from our house, wearing a sort of a kimono with just boxers underneath. And he would do what looked like very slow karate. Oh, I, I know what this is. And I once saw him out there with like a wooden sword, like a wooden samurai sword, <laughs> doing the motions. They uh they have biweekly classes on the lawn outside of my dorm of exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Slow karate. Yeah, I'll find. I have to pee actually. I'll look for a sign in the hallway that gives me the name of it. <laughs> okay, the Slow Karate Club. So, <laughs> I was so certain that it was called Kimchi, and I'm so glad I didn't say that because it came to me while I was walking that that is a uh, fermented cabbage. Yes, it is. Um, it is called Kigong. Kigong. That's what my neighbor would do on his deck on sun-kissed mornings. He also had a cat that would sit in a flower pot. Anyway, let's do a little bit of international news. Over in Hong Kong, the newest hit opera is about none other than our boy Donald Trump. No shit. I don't like that I called him our boy. No, he's a horrible man. He is somehow somehow in charge of the country. (sighs) But... There's a new opera all about him, and it's going up in Hong Kong, and it sounds like it's going to be a smash hit. It follow, It's the uh, story of Donald Trump, and he learns he has a twin brother that grew up in China, and his twin brother helps him uh, stabilize Chinese rela- or U.S.-Chinese relations. That is not what I expected. It is the newest hit. <laughs> Wait. Wait, so is... Uh... So it's it's an alternate timeline that takes place in the present. Yes. Where he has a long lost brother in Hong Kong who's Chinese. Yes. Like he's okay. Well, I don't. <laughs> Maybe he's he's white but grew up in China because they are supposed to be twins. <laughs> Is he like his smarter brother? Like, or maybe he's the good twin. I think basically Donald Trump from China is supposed to be the good the good thing and he helps stabilize his brother which we all know can't be done no he's an incredibly unstable man with severe mental illness yeah there's not like there's not much to this uh story it it hasn't it hasn't hit the stages yet this new opera which i don't even know what it's called i'm excited for it though i'm excited to read about it i'm not gonna watch it i fucking hate opera anyway you have another story yeah so i have um let's see so (laughs) i have one that's really short and then i have my longer one that i mentioned at the beginning okay um so the really short one (laughs) i just like the title and then the the information within it is pretty much what you'd imagine florida man arrested outside olive garden after eating pasta belligerently (laughs) that was pretty much it he was asking, I'm intrigued. He was asking restaurant patrons for money through yelling at them using explicit language. Yeah, I guess got the money because he got his order of pasta. 
and then when police arrived, they discovered a shirtless man sitting on a bench outside the establishment. He was shoveling spaghetti into his mouth with his hands, and they arrested him for disorderly intoxication, which all is reasonable. And the funniest thing about this uh, article, which um, you can't translate through audio, is the uh, the picture. His face looks fucked up. Like, it's just red. It looks like he has wounds all over his face. Um... And in the last line of the article, you find out that it's spaghetti sauce. <laughs> <laughs> he was perfectly fine. He just was very messy. I was thinking he had, like, a meth addict's face. He does. That's what it looks like. <laughs> it's just spaghetti sauce, though. <laughs> you know, we've done more than one story about people getting in trouble and having pasta with them. Yeah, maybe it's a marker. A mar- <laughs> only weird people eat pasta. Clearly, Olive Garden has only criminals go to Olive Garden. Only criminals, <laughs> but <laughs> but not like not like bad criminals, just like drunken disorderlies. Well, like the other one with the uh, fettuccine Alfredo. He was trying to have sex with a fourteen-year-old girl. That guy kind of sucked. That's in stark contrast to this story, yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That guy was significantly more awful. The story was also hilarious, though, in a lot of ways. Do you have another one you want to share, or should I go into this longer one? I'll do one before you do your longer one, then we can end on that. Um, It's also about Florida. Florida's having a big problem. And it's it's the alligators. The alligators are uncontrollably horny right now. <laughs> That's not what I expected. They are just so horny and very hungry. And all over Florida, people are just capturing footage of alligators just walking around and popping up in random places. And it's because they're looking for other alligators to get their alligator rocks off with. How fucking hard can it be to find other alligators? In Florida? I don't know. It seems like they would all hang out together, but I guess I guess that was not the assumption to make. I thought that was their deal. Huh. Maybe that's crocodiles we're thinking of. Who can tell the difference? Crocodiles are bigger and scarier. And from Asia, I know that, but like... They're from Asia? Yeah, crocodiles are in Asia, I think. Huh. Wait, is the Amazon in Asia? Well, no, they're also, they're in Asia and Africa, and alligators are here. Okay, you just blew my mind for a second. <laughs> I think that's I think that's the biggest distinction. You know, it's a terrifying thing that isn't from any of these articles. Uh, last year, they found five uh, Nile crocodiles in Florida. Someone introduced them. It actually happens somewhat often. They like get caught up in tide. And, like, somehow wash over here. Sorry, was there more on that story? (laughs) No, I just mostly think it's funny that the alligators are so horny, they're popping up in random places. Their little reptile brains just make them kind of, I don't know, I guess they don't do a lot of social thinking. They just kind of wander. They are just bursting at the seams with spunk. (laughs) (laughs) alligator spunk that's something uh there's definitely areas of the world that drink crocodile cum for strength all right uh let's dive into this so this is a um deep dive time yeah this is a big one uh one second 
So this next story is about a man named Paul Corrin, uh, who's a 70-year-old man who was doing a good thing, and then a really bad thing happened to him, and then it got worse. It's kind of a sad story, but this only happened uh, five days ago, um, and his, he hasn't gotten convicted or anything yet, so we'll see. Keep an eye out. So two years ago, uh, Paul Corrin's nephew uh, undertook or uh, was taken by a degenerative muscle disease, and there was very little medical professionals could do to ease his pain. Corrin suspected that medical marijuana could help, so he grew some, and he gave it to him for free, obviously. His nephew gained weight and started sleeping better, Corrin said, and it felt good to bring him comfort. Word spread through the friends and family, and he started supplying around 20 patients with free marijuana, free of charge. <sighs> and he did this like a very elaborate, expensive setup in his basement, and he distributed it all for free. He didn't make a dime off of any of this. Then things took a turn. Intruders broke into the house, apparently a small gang of teenagers, which is somehow even more upsetting. They tied him up and demanded guns, money, and pot, thinking he was some kind of drug lord. He didn't have money or guns, but he sure had pot. Corrin says that at one point, oh god, they tied him up, and his attackers tried to strangle him with a piece of string, and then they tried to smother him with a pillow, and they failed at both of those things, but they tried to kill him. They then sliced up his plants... Shoveled, shoving the stolen cash of drugs in garbage bags, and even used Corrin's own luggage, own luggage that was stored nearby. They had parked just down the road on vacant property, and the owners of the vacant land put the odors of the vacant land lived nearby, and the car seemed suspicious, so they called the police. The police showed up. The uh, teens, I guess, had already fled. Corrin emerged really fucked up and told the deputies what had happened in his messed up state. But as authorities helped Corrin, they uncovered the pot in his basement. Corrin had consented to his search, and they went for it. And here's where things took another little turn. During the search of the home, Deputy Paul Fangman spotted a chest-type freezer in the basement. He suspected it was filled with marijuana. What he found instead was a body, lying face up on the floor of the freezer. This was Kyle Hughes, one of the, one of the intruders, who it turned out had been unable to escape the house when police arrived, so he climbed into the freezer. He got stuck, he got stuck, suffered heat stroke and lack of oxygen, and passed out. They kept going about their uh, about their search, you know, noted that down, and then the dude woke up unexpectedly. His eyes just opened, he shot up, apparently it freaked out everyone in the room. Uh, then he was sent to the hospital and charged with all sorts of felonies. Huh. <sighs> But uh, people are really advocating for Mr. Corrin, understandably. He seems like a really good guy. Some of the folks who he's been helping come out with statements. One man who used Corrin as marijuana to ease back pain so bad he said he couldn't walk, said Corrin is a very good guy. There's a grandma who used Corrin's marijuana to help her sleep when she couldn't anymore from the pain of just, I guess, growing old. Uh, but Friday, it will be determined by a judge whether he deserves to spend six years of the last years of his life in jail. Well, that fucking sucks. Isn't that crazy? Fucking shit ass. It definitely was like teenagers or really young people. No, absolutely. They were like, especially because they tried to kill him in two different ways, but didn't. Like, it was sort of a, uh, it was almost like right in that moment, they were like, this is a good idea. And they were like, no, it's not. And then like a few minutes later, we're like, wait, maybe this. And then it wasn't a good idea either. But 
Fuck them. And then they didn't notice that one of their friends was still in the house. <laughs> they definitely knew. They didn't give a shit. You have to count the men. These kids probably don't care. I'm gonna go on a little limb and say there's not a lot of genuine love flowing in that friendship. I'm gonna guess that you're right, but if they are gonna pull another one of these heists and they're listening right now, I'm gonna give them some advice. If you're gonna pull a heist, you gotta number everybody, and then on the way back to the car, you do a call sign thing. One, two, three, four. You, you can't lose track. <laughs> if only because the other guy's gonna tattle. Yeah, no, they're, they're, all, they're definitely all gonna go to jail. And they should, because they robbed an old man who was doing a good thing and tried to kill him. Um, but they could have saved the trouble if they just counted the men. I'm going to take a wild guess and say that this guy is not going to get jail time. But if he does, we're starting a petition to get him pardoned. We'll keep our eyes on it, and yeah. I know Trump probably won't pardon this guy, but if he gets a lot of signatures, and this is the sort of thing that I think would get a lot of signatures. Yeah. Old guy doing a nice thing for a lot of people. Huh. Hey, if, uh, if you're listening to this, I know there are millions of listeners out there who are going to hear this. A million and one. A million and one. Oh, no. I actually had the uh, county courthouse address in here somewhere, and I can't find it. Well, I'm going to look that up and post it on our Instagram maybe when we, or maybe alongside the post for this episode. Send a letter, make a call, help this guy out. <laughs> isn't that insane that he might go to jail when it's legal in however many states yeah i mean it happens so many places still it's just so fucked up imagine how many people this was happening to before it was like legal because now like this article paints him in a pretty good light but just like 15 years ago it would have been like county drug lord da 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 oh yeah he would have been demonized in an instant absolutely that's all I got. Yeah, we're coming to a close, so why don't we round it off with something really short that I have. I think it's really fun. Bellhaven community in Mississippi is being haunted by mysterious mashed potatoes being left on people's lawns. <laughs> <laughs> People all over the county just keep waking up and finding plates of mashed potatoes in random places on their property, and nobody knows who's doing it. <laughs> That is a wonderful victimless crime. I think my favorite part about it is like, yeah, it totally is victimless. It sounds like something I would do, but some people are terrified that they're poison potatoes. <laughs> but like, no, whoever is making the potatoes and leaving them on people's lawns overnight isn't expecting them to eat the potatoes the next day. Or they're really just hatching a terrible Unabomber style plan. <laughs> Maybe in their mind, they're about to, like, commit some sort of mass murder. When people find these free potatoes on their lawn, they'll have no choice but to eat them. <laughs> and that's how I will begin the new world order. Oh, my God. Seriously, if the, uh, if the Unabomber wasn't, like, a brilliant genius, maybe that's what he would have done. This is just a bizarre technique for culling the community. <laughs> oh, my God. I really... I feel, I feel like it become kind of a fun thing in the community. Like, who's going to get the potatoes next, you know? You call over to your neighbor in the morning like, Rick, I got the potatoes. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go inside and eat them, and if I die, call someone. <laughs> oh, man, that can be tested for so easily. They really don't have to worry too much about that. They can just find out. Potatoes 
are naturally poisonous if you don't eat them soon enough. Yeah, I remember uh, reading about that that whole family that died because they ate rotten potatoes. No, because they were uh, they were rotting potatoes in their basement they weren't aware of, and the spores killed them all. Oh, yeah, they're super poisonous after a while. I have a potato in my apartment that. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a potato in my apartment that my girlfriend's brother sent us through the mail. It's just a lone potato, and in Sharpie it says, Regards to Waffles, who is our cat. (laughs) Um, And it's just sitting on a windowsill, just aging, growing eyes. But now that you've told me about that, I'm going to go throw it out right after this. Yeah, no, you definitely should. (laughs) okay (laughs) i'm glad we have this conversation it was really funny to receive in the mail but now i'm gonna get rid of it that reminds me of uh one very very codependent relationship of mine that i'm not gonna mention the name of the person but i think we all know which one he's talking about we all being me and you yeah (laughs) wink (laughs) but uh she uh she kept a three quarters drinking uh paper cup of coffee that i left behind for three months as a reminder of myself and uh i got there i was like oh that's kind of weird and i opened it and it was just it was completely filled with mold like to the top it was disgusting and we threw it out a small civilization could have grown in there seriously <laughs> leave it for another 10 million millennia (laughs) and life would develop life would evolve right on right on that's talking undead that is talking undead that was fun that was a good time i really enjoy just reading some stories and shooting shit we'll keep doing wacky news instead of deep dives or if we do deep dives we'll at least try to make them fun (laughs) maybe we could like much have like put way more time into a deep dive maybe have that something ongoing that we write yeah but i'm liking uh i'm liking talking undead as a silly news show (laughs) to to go along with our uh much darker (laughs) funny but much darker fictional show well that's it for talking undead this week rate and review us on itunes please it helps us so much follow us on instagram also uh radio underscore undead we need less of your help there it's true it seems to grow pretty (laughs) well on its own instagram followers fucking listen to this thing that i'm talking about right now please if you follow us on instagram you're probably not hearing this right now so fucking tune in please we'd love more listeners We'll make it either way. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. You fucking... <laughs> I shouldn't call them shit asses. <laughs> Except the spam accounts that are just trying to sell crystals and shit, those are shit asses. Yeah, fuck them. Whoever made the robots to make those accounts are real pieces of shit. Anyway, talking undead. <laughs> keep belaboring keep the ending. Getting distracted on our closeout. <laughs> I love you guys so much. Eat your parents. Bye bye. <laughs>